Stanford University. Good evening, everyone. John. Yes, Professor. <laughs> I told you, I told you, I think I wrote to you some weeks ago to tell you how many emotions I experience when I watch your work. First yeah, right. of all, I want to congratulate you oh, on you. producing uh, this film. I, I really do. Uh, uh, thank you. I promise you I will share that with my colleagues. At, yes, uh, and, 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 and one of the things that really strikes me about the film is that of all of the things that I've seen about charter schools, I would say this is probably relatively one of the most balanced ones in terms of presenting the multiple sides of the issue. I hope so. um, yeah. And when I first watched this, one of, the, one of the biggest questions that came to my mind, having actually spoken to a number of your key informants mm -hmm. myself, was how did you parse through the various constituencies and the ideological divides among about the charter movement, about how it works? Um, how did you how did you char parse through that? Because though they all share a vision about doing the mm -hmm. absolute best That's for right. their kids, it's almost like a religion for each of the different sides about what should be. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering how you how you got through that process. I mean, to, to get to the point that you did here in the film. Well, that's a great question. And by the way, you always say that when you don't know how to answer. <laughs> um, we, we tried to uh, let as many points of view emerge um, and yet try to tell a story. I mean, in a sense, the central character is the city of New Orleans. Uh, the, uh, and so we tried, to, we tried to stay true to that thread of, of what happened. And, and we were there. A lot of the, for for a lot of it, um, certainly didn't want to take sides. I mean, I I think this is a film that uh, uh, well, I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to love it, right. um, uh, and uh, but I don't think anybody's going to hate it. Maybe some people hate it because we're not totally against this or totally for this. Um, I'm, my hope is, I guess, that it will be criticized by all everybody. <laughs> that, uh, well, I guess one of the things that I'm curious about is, um, you, you know, there are so many questions I have, but one of the big ones that, and I'm just going to start. I'm gonna sure, go ahead. Just, go Can for I it. just start? Sure. Because I, you know, when I think about the the so-called miracle in in New Orleans about the schools, well, you first you this tragic ending of the young woman who is actually killed during the school year. The last day gonna, that I was there. The last yeah. day that you were there. I've asked this question to actually Leslie Jacobs, and I'm going to ask you this question. How does the <coughs> New Orleans public schools system reconcile its perceived educational success with the high incidence of violence <coughs> and crime, high rates of youth uh, unemployment, uh, and, I'm, <coughs> and not so great rates of college going? Yeah. Like, so how do, how do you con well, consider I mean, yeah, that? Yeah. Part, of it, part of that message, I think, is that Anybody who thinks that the solution to our social problems is excellent schools is crazy. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are these other significant issues that we simply fail to deal with. And, and just a quick story that, you know, Christine, uh, the, the girl who was killed, murdered, um, you heard her, she wanted to go to Princeton. Uh, my, I'm gonna have trouble getting through this. My editor, uh, when I came back and told that story, she said, I think we have her, we have her on film. And we had miles of 
you know. And she, she, she went through this, yes. And we actually put together a, a, a reel for her family uh, for the service. And I thought, you know, she said she wanted to go to Princeton. So I made a copy of that and wrote a note to the president of Princeton. And then I had some friends who, who went to Princeton. Uh, Wendy Kopp went to Princeton. Frank DeFord is a famous and wonderful sports writer. And I wrote to them and said, would you send a note to the president of Princeton saying, here's an opportunity to speak out about handguns. These are handguns. These are not AK-47s. Silence. And of course, as you probably know, when the Newtown happened, um, that letter by two college presidents you probably have never heard of was circulated. And there were, what, 4,500 colleges and universities, I think 400 signed. Did the president of Stanford sign? No. Duke? Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Virginia Tech? No. Yeah, so, I mean, we need to fix schools. Clearly, we need to fix schools. But you can't just say, well, if we just put all our energies in giving these kids a better chance, everything will be fine. It won't. Yeah. yeah. I guess the question I, that I, I was considering is, are the kids who are getting through the charter schools, as far as you know, are they actually on the trajectory for higher mobility? Or what happens after Of course they are. They're year? graduating they? high school. I yeah. mean, it, 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 many more kids are getting a, a better chance mm -hmm. in New Orleans than before. But they are a long way from yeah. home. I mean, the, 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 and we hope the film will start a conversation. Yeah. Uh, because uh, you know, there's so much that's not in the film. Um, they live and die by test scores. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not a way to get it. Andre Perry, who's one of the smartest people who's in the film so briefly, and I hope you go to our website because his long interview is there and it's just so full of wisdom. But he says, you know, if the point is just high test scores, we're missing the point. Mm -hmm. um, there's not enough variety uh, in the schools there because of the KIPP model dominates, which is fine. KIPP schools are great. Mm -hmm. but. You know, there is no charter school for the arts uh, because they are afraid of test scores. So, uh, um, but but they're, they're moving in the right direction and they're working together. Um, and as Paul Vallis said, you can't undo this. Now, that is not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. uh, the governor of Louisiana pushed through legislation to allow 40 different agencies to authorize charter schools. Well, money changes hands when you authorize charter schools. Well, what is that going to bring into the mix? Um, so if you start lowering the bar and let, you know, lots of people run charters, you could you could lose the whole thing. Right. So, uh, well, a, a nice thing that one of the emotions I experience is that the the feelings of hope and the aspirations mm -hmm. understand you're feeling the aspirations of these kids, and I I really appreciate how you also center the voice of youth in this film yeah. in many ways. Those two kids are so wonderful. Are they uh, Brittany are. and Bobby, and Bobby, you know, their life intervened with Bobby. His girlfriend mm -hmm. got pregnant. He did not run from that. Mm -hmm. He's you know we're still in touch with both of them, and and Brittany has a shop. You know, I mean, how great is that? But uh, right. Um, Given that the aspiration is perhaps to become almost a 100% charter school mm -hmm. district, the only one yeah, in the country, right. what do you think the district will need to do? The, what will New Orleans need to do to be able to treat the population of all school-aged children? Well, you know, it, it, that's a great question because yeah. they did not succeed. I mean, you saw Clark. You, you read the credits. That's why I wanted this the room dark during the credits because there's a lot of information. Clark didn't finish high school. They, they never solved that problem. Mm -hmm. Those kids who were going to that Booker T. Washington, that, that sort of prison-like school, they just aged out. New Orleans never solved that. Did, did you notice the math problem on the board? Yeah. 
I mean, that's, it was two over four and three. I mean, that's high school. These kids are 17, 18. I mean, they have been failed for so many years. Um, and, and, and New Orleans didn't figure that out. Now, there, I spent a lot of time, it's not in the film, but I spent a lot of time in elementary schools because um, my own view uh, as a reporter for 39 years um, is that, that it, it's getting to close to 40, um, that is that all kids want to read and all, most, almost all kids can learn to read in first grade. And, and we found that happening in a lot of schools. And, and so you, you, know, you do that, you, you, will, you will not create those handicapped kids, which is what happens now. We just create all these handicaps, and then we label them and blame them, and, you know, uh, and, and uh, you know, we can do so much if we invest early. James Hickman said to education writers today at lunch, you know, invest early. And, and, but, um, well, what about the kids with the special needs? I mean, presumably the population of students is, includes the kids who are high achieving, mm -hmm. the kids who are average. Mm -hmm. I mean, despite what some people think, some kids will have to be average. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah. You can't have above <laughs> average without average, right? Um, and, and you're going to have kids who struggle, sure. who need different kinds of pedagogical mm -hmm. um, tools, who may need special attention, more time. Mm -hmm. more time. How do the charter schools, if, if the ultimate goal is to become a 100% charter movement, how will they address that question? That's, I mean, that's yeah. the big, that's like that's a million a dollar that's question, million question. Yeah. I, I think one thing ought to be really clear if you're yeah. watching this film, this is a city with 42,000 kids. The idea that charter schools are the solution to America's education problems, that's just plain stupid. Um, I mean, even it, it's clearly working in New Orleans, but that's, as we said in the film, the, it's hard work, mm -hmm. it's time, it's integrity, it's high standard, it's learning from mistakes. You read David Kirk's book about Union City, and those are the same things that are working in Union City. They don't have any charter schools. Um, they have principal, they have schools with, where the principal has a lot of authority. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. I've been, I've been reporting a lot about Michelle Ree lately, and... Um, she required her principals to sign contracts, guaranteed test scores, which nobody has seen, but I think I'm about to get. Um, and I was talking to my wife, who's a school principal, and you know, sort of, how would you, what kind of contract would you want? If you're going to give your principals authority, you then should have a contract, right? Some sort of deal. And it seems like that's the perfect opportunity to let everyone know what you value. If you just have a contract which says you'd be able to, you're going to get your test scores up, that's one thing. But what is, if I were the superintendent, you're my principal, I would say, okay, we're going to contract. I want these measurable items, 45 minutes of recess every day, art and music three times a week, no more than five days of test prep, four weeks minimum of project-based learning, and I want your data on teacher attendance, pupil attendance, truancy, and test scores. Those are the nine things I value, mm -hmm. and I want you to sign. I mean, New Orleans could do, the, the charter schools are not going to solve the problem, but if you, if you empowered principals and made clear what you value, things that you can measure, I mean, you could move in the right direction. But anyway, I'm sorry, that was a bit of a digression. Well, but you did, you did plant a seed, and I have to, now I have to ask the big question because it is something that I've been thinking about. You introduced the name of the 
former DC superintendent chancellor, what she called uh, mm -hmm. Michelle Ree. Mm -hmm. And it does beg the question, when we think about these success stories mm -hmm. around the country, mm -hmm. the miracles, yeah. the you know, kind of exponential rise yeah, of achievement outcomes, right? Um, and you know, we've been duped by Atlanta. There are allegations now about DC. Um, how yes, do I've we know? That. Yes, of course you know. <laughs> I, that's what I was saying. Um, but how do we know that everything is above ground in New Orleans? Well, if it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> you know, the rest of that sentence. Um, how do you know it's above ground in New Orleans? Um, there, well, I guess you might say maybe you don't, but it's pretty, well, pretty carefully monitored. Uh -huh. um, they have, you know, their state tests. There's you know, a couple of different state tests that the kids are given. Uh, I, I've never heard uh, allegations of any kind of widespread cheating by, by the adults. I mean, now, I guess in 38 states, there are serious evidence of adults cheating on standardized, mm -hmm. oh, well, not necessarily just adults, but um, I haven't heard that in, in uh, about New Orleans. No, and I don't want it to and be And they said, haven't also, yeah. they haven't had these, you know, 25% uh, percentile point gains. I mean, they've been incremental. incremental. You know, anytime you yeah. see you know, it's like somebody saying, you know, I went on a miracle diet and I lost, I lost 30 pounds last week. Right, right. Rather than, um, certainly I don't want to in any way and, and suggest that New Orleans is not, it's, mm -hmm. it's not legitimate because I, I think it is. I'm wondering when we disaggregate the data, and this is what I, I've been thinking. I've had presentations, I've been in the room mm -hmm. where there have been presentations to show the growth mm -hmm. of graduation rates from 2005, right, right after Katrina, to yeah. today. Mm -hmm. And it looks like really impressive results. Mm -hmm. what, I've, what it looked like is that there was the kind of just the aggregation of the really high performance schools, mm -hmm. meshing it with some of the schools that were lower performing. And then when you mesh them together, you bring the average yeah. overall. Well, that's why we rate. made the point. Made the right. point that the third of the places is still not working. Yeah. I mean, it was an F minus. Right. Maybe it's a C. Or a mm -hmm. C minus, I don't know, mm -hmm. but that's a lot better than F minus. Absolutely. But it's you know nobody is and 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 Patrick Dobard said, you know, it takes a humbling spirit to say I'll give up my power, and he, he said nobody from outside Louisiana seems willing to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think people want to say, oh, it's charter schools, let's just do charter. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. charter school is like restaurant, it tells you nothing. You have to go have a meal. You get not even enough to read the menu. You got to go have a meal or two. That uh, so. So now let me ask questions because it may seem like I'm asking critical questions. Let me, let's talk about the things because I, I actually really enjoyed watching this the second time. Um, it, so did it, I. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I want to, to talk about the parent engagement part. But, you know, they, ha they haven't gotten it right. They haven't gotten it right. Some, in fact, there's some record that they have, the BESI, the board, the, the state board that approves, ultimately approves charters, mm -hmm. has been less generous in granting charters that seem to have a whole lot of community mm -hmm. connection. They've been more likely to approve a KIPP charter. Um, you know, and uh, they're, they they're haven't more likely to, to approve to a, KIPP a KIPP charter. Because uh, of KIPP's performance. Well, I think so, because, you know, they're, yeah. they're or maybe it's just a, a I mean, that, they have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. They have to deal with that. There's a lot of discontent. Um, in the community and, and, and you know, Teach for America, 
There were a lot of Teach for America teachers like Katie. We followed seven Teach for America teachers for a whole year. Uh, and we did profile. I, went, I tried to raise money for a documentary. And I'd go to places, sources, and essentially they would ask the same question. They'd dress it up in fancy words. But this, the question was, is it all good? Meaning, we'll fund it if it's all good. Well, it's seven people. No, it's not all, oh, okay, well, we're not interested. So, um, but we did profiles of all seven. And it's on the website. If you've got to take, take a look. Oh, let's see. The, uh, yeah, I saw that. Um, take a look because it's fascinating. Daniel, Daniel's case is far more complicated than you saw there. And there was one other who was, had failed just as badly as poor Daniel. Um, there was one who just got screwed by his principal. Mm -hmm. There were two who hit it out of the park. And there were a couple who were just average. Right. But they're interesting people, and they're trying their best. But they're experimenting. They're experimenting on kids. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. For more, please visit us at stanford.edu.